Welcome back to NFL Rants and Raves. I'm Stephen Miranda. On Tuesday, August 6, 2019, episode 15.01, the season 15 kickoff show. That's right, I'm back for another season, and again, I'm bringing Stephen along for another crazy year. I'm bringing Steve, I'm sorry, kicking and screaming for another year. <laughs> we sort of crashed and burned at the end of last season as we never got a chance to put out our rabies show. I guess we just didn't want to give out any awards. Nope, Steve. no awards last year. No awards, but we promised to try and do better this time. This week, we dive right into all of the training camp drama. We'll tell you if Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon are doing the right thing by holding out. Plus, I have a question for you, Steve. Uh-oh. Is Tom Brady about to leave the Pats? Oh, that's a good Seriously? question. Good question. You know what? Let's chomp it in. <laughs> Bringing American football to the world. It's Steven Miranda and Steve Fry with NFL Rants and Raves. All right, so I'm going to start off with, since I kind of teased that with Tom Brady, is he, is he leaving the Patriots? I, I want to give you this little Bill Belichick quote. We have, you know, finally some definition um, with Tom's situation. Uh, so our priority now then is to get Jimmy ready for the start of the season for the Arizona game. Uh, so that'll be a obviously a comprehensive process. Uh, Tom will return as a starting quarterback um, when he comes back. But in the meantime, uh, we have to prioritize the first part of our schedule, and, uh, and that'll be to get Jimmy ready to go. So, Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Great as always. Yep, very so informative. A couple years ago, Tom Brady gets hurt in the preseason. He's going to have to miss a couple games. He's saying we're going to get ready with uh, – Actually, not, I'm sorry, not get, got hurt. This was his, his four-game suspension year. His four-game suspension year, we knew Tom was not going to play the, the first four games. And they had just asked Bill Belichick, what if Jimmy starts out on fire and he's 4-0? and He's like, we're going to get ready for Jimmy. Jimmy's going <laughs> to be ready to go on the beginning of the season. But when Tom comes back, he's our quarterback. He is the quarterback. But guess what Tom Brady just did yesterday? Put his house on the market. So you do know that. You I have do know that. that. Yeah. Do you know how much he's asking for this house, by the way? Well, somebody's going to pay top dollar for it just because they're a Patriots fan. $39.5 million in nowhere outside of Boston? Well, really? I'm, I'm sure nowhere outside of Boston has a lot of nice <laughs> houses next to it. <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing Brady didn't shack up next to Favre down in Mississippi. <laughs> Well, here's the report. The report is that, yes, indeed, Tom Brady has put his home uh, in Boston on the market. Uh, they they had recently bought a house, recently in 2014, they had bought a house out in Los Angeles uh, that had a moat. I don't know if you knew this or not. No. It was complete with a moat. Okay. They sold it to Dr. Dre for $40 million bucks. Bought this house. And, and it's not... I just don't think that it's an extravagant house, right? You're asking somebody to pay you $39.5 million, almost $40 million. It's not like this thing is like this huge mansion in Beverly Hills, right? Sure, yep. It, it's only 9,000 square foot. Only, yep. I mean, yeah, okay, that's huge. But, but for $39.5 million, 
There's yeah. a 7,000 square foot house right on the sand in Newport Beach in the marina that I could get for $22.5 million today if I want it. Why would I go spend $40 million but see, for you, nowhere Boston? You are not a Tom Brady fan. Well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You're, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Thanks for throwing me out to all of our listeners that I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I, I'm sure that's a shocker to everyone listening. <laughs> <is> that? <laughs> that's right. Uh, now, now, to be fair, I'm not necessarily saying you dislike or hate. Dislike, not a fan of. Those are okay. Yes. Hate, that's a different I thing. Don't, yeah, yeah, I do not hate, don't hate, hate the man. No, I d- no. Don't hate the man. No, nothing against it. Yes, yes. But here you go. Um, I will kind of dislike him. Oh, I love the Sandlot. I gotta watch that movie soon. Forever. It, it, is, it is actually on my DVR and has been unwatched for about nine months now. What? Come on! Just haven't gotten around to it. You have seen it though. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, all righty there. So Tom Brady putting this out. What does that mean? Does it mean he's gonna leave? Is is he ready? Look, because the Patriots look. They're they're not like well, scrambling to get him a new they, contract. Well, they just extended it. Did they, they? Yeah. So they. So they, that's official. Well, yes and no. So oh. this is. The, wait this, a minute. Wait a minute. How can it be it. official? Yes and no. So so it's a two-year extension. Okay. However, there's some caveat, and I, I might have the details of this wrong, but they 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 I believe the Patriots can cancel the contract on day one or on the last day of the of the NFL season. Okay. Right of the of the, of the calendar year, year. calendar yep. year, whatever it is. Um, so the way, e- even though they added two years onto the end of Brady's contract, they didn't really, I mean, all they really did is they spread out the, the cap hit. The money. Yeah. Right. right, right so right. they spread the money out over a couple of years. Didn't offer him anything huge because here's right. the, here's the bottom line. So, so he, theoretically, I mean, he's, he's going to go in to be a free agent. This is last year. Right. And I mean, does anybody really think he's leaving New England? I mean, I. Maybe uh, at the end of this season. Okay, here I here here's the here's the question, and here's one of the reasons why I think he put his house on the market. I think he thinks this is my last year in New England. Look, the, there's always the the Patriot way, right? We've all right. heard that, and it doesn't matter who you are, as long as the Patriot way is run by Bill Belichick, everybody is expendable. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. Right. Tom Brady started the Patriot way. Basically, the Patriot way started with Tom Brady and him replacing Drew Bledsoe, who was the man in New England, and that started the Patriot way. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be replaced at any time. So if he basically started this way, he could end the way, right? I mean, of, of course. He could, the, the Patriots could at the end of the season say, all right, Tom, you know, you've done a lot for us. You're getting ready to turn 43. We don't think you can play another five years, although we, you know, you yeah. think you can. We don't think we can give you another five-year contract. We're ready to move on to the next guy. And just like he got rid of Bledsoe, they bring somebody else to get rid of Brady. I just, I think, I, I don't know. I, seeing Tom Brady in a uniform other than the Patriots would just be weird. It would be wrong, but it's it, seeing Emmett Smith playing his final, you know, before his final season with the Arizona Cardinals. 
That was wrong. Brett Favre in a in a in a Minnesota in a, in a Vikings. Right? I don't know. I kind of enjoyed that a lot. I kind well, of I kind of enjoyed him coming back to Green Bay as a Minnesota Viking and sticking it to them because they wouldn't let him go his way. We're not going to open this we're can of worm again. <laughs> I, not gonna, I, I just not got, do it. I just got back from the homeland last week. <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm not. We're not going down this. We're can not going to do it. All right. Anyways, we wish Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchin. Whatever they do with their $35.5 million home listing, uh, and we wish them well. I just I don't see Tom as a patriot after this season. Right. I, I, think, yep. uh, I think he's going to have to settle his horse and move on. All right. Is it too early for a rant? I mean, it's just it's the kickoff show. No, go into it. It's, it's, it's you know, we're just coming off of having fun with Brady. Okay, before I get to my rant, because I, I think I, it needs to be said. I got to talk about Jalen Ramsey, okay? Last year, he started the season by trash-talking all the QBs in the league, right? I think he gave props to, like, three or four guys. But basically, all the other quarterbacks, it was trash season, right? This year, I'm going to give it up to him. I'm going to give him some applause. It's needed if I can find the applause. But that's how bad we are going. It's going today. We don't even know where the air is. I'm going to give one. He did not trash talk quarterbacks this year. Instead, he just arrived at training camp in the back of an armored vehicle. What do you think about that? That's impressive. I didn't hear and that one. You didn't? So no, he comes, I did not see. He, he rolls up, and he gets the driver. He comes out with the bullhorn. He's now coming. And he had like a list. Like, like literally like if you were announcing the Queen of England, and you're going to like list all of her accolades before you say the queen of england that's what he basically did jalen ramsey the lockdown corner who you know locks down all wide receivers in the league and he goes on the list thing after thing after thing and then he says jalen ramsey and the the back doors of this armored vehicle co- opens up and he comes out and he literally i, I mean i don't know if, I don't know if you borrow an armored vehicle and then you fill it with all the money that's that he had in there but he comes out his bags of money I get it. The dude's got some. But do you really need to show up to training camp that way? I mean, because all right, I, well, yes. I guess yes. my thing, you, yes? I, so, again, without having actually seen it, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of trashing other players. Right. You know, when you – I mean, there, there's, there's a competitive nature behind things and everything, but, yeah. but just trashing people, insulting people to, just to, to insult them. It. If you're talking yourself up, I mean – You've got the best of the best. That's good. I mean, equate these guys to, to fighter pilots in the Air Force, right? Right. The guys flying the cargo planes. Top Gun. The guys flying New the cargo movie coming planes out. Are, are good pilots. Maverick. The guys flying the F-22s, yeah, they've got a bigger ego. Right. Right. So it happens. So a, an ego saying, this is how great I am, I really don't have a problem with talking yourself up. It's when you start trashing others that it kind of you, you start to lose me when it's w- when you go that route. My my problem is is that he came out and there was only like five people. <laughs> well, he, he can't he can't control was, who's who's on the field or around when he shows up. Oh uh, man, what's he gonna do? Hide in there for the next hour and a half, <laughs> waiting for people to come out? There was only there was only. Five or six dudes there. I, I thought it was funny. But we're talking about uh, pilots 
and their egos. I want to congratulate this young lady, the first female pilot to become a Blue Angel pilot, Katie Higgins Cook. Did you hear that? I did, yep. That is so, because as far as I can remember, being a kid, the Blue Angels were the stuff, man. I wanted to yep. be a Blue Angel. I, during my high school career, I went and I took all the tests, both written and physical tests for West Point, Air Force Academy, Naval Academy. I wanted to fly jets, man. As That's all I wanted to do, and I wanted to be a Blue Angel. And for her to just to get to that echelon, I, I just I love people breaking barriers, and I think this is really cool. Uh, way to go, Katie! Um, congratulations on becoming the first female Blue Angel pilot. And and for Jalen, maybe wait till like everybody's there, and you got maybe five or six reporters, and you know half your team there when you make that interest, and not just just a handful of people. Because yeah. <laughs> I just think that's weak, you know. You you go through this whole plan stage thing. But is, but is it really for his teammates or the coaches or anybody else? Is it really just for Twitter? Well, he got it on camera, so that's the right. good thing. That that, that that is certainly that, that's what the goal of that. The the goal is not to to really make his teammates say, "Oh hell, not this again." <laughs> it it's to get it's to get the publicity he's getting by us talking about it. All right, it's time now. It is time. Stephen Miranda cannot wait to talk about this because we're going to talk about this. You need to do some more research, and we're going to talk about this next week too, and maybe the week after that, and maybe one more week before the season starts. All right. So By the way. Since I know what you're going to be ranting on yes. here, I'm, I'm going to ask that in it, will you, since, again, I haven't read too much on this yet. Yes. Is it a test for the preseason, or is this in for the whole regular season? <sighs> Okay, so let's the NFL tell you has played that game before. It so is as you go through your rant and educate everybody else, could you just add that little bit in there for me? All right, here we go. Steven's first rant of the season. People, what I am ranting on is the NFL rules change for the 29 football season. And as you have probably heard already maybe you haven't heard uh the league has decided based on that egregious error last season in the championship game between the rams and the saints where the rams basically just manhandled the saints wide receiver and no flag was thrown and of course now in this day of age of technology and replay you saw that from every angle imaginable and it does not did not matter what angle you saw that play from it didn't matter if you saw it from the front from the back from the side from up above there is no way you could look at that play and say that was not pass interference by the defense agreed for the record the saints fans are still in litigation or pursuing oh, litigation come on let it go people I wish I had Disney's Let It Go song right now. I would play some of it. Let it go. <sighs> Anyways. I, I'm sorry. You're not getting me to sing that one. No? No. Come on. Did your, nope. your girls sing it all the time? Oh, yeah. Let it go. Come on. No. Sing it, Steve. No, it's not going to happen. Did the cold bother you ever? Anyways? Anytime? Yeah. Let, all right. Let's <laughs> get back to rules. Rules. So, the NFL has decided that this year they're going to allow coaches 
to challenge rulings on pass interference. A, whether a pass interference call was called and they think it shouldn't have been. Or B, there was no call of pass interference and they thought there should be. And so you could, ch you could challenge that as well. All right. Pass interference is now in the rule book as something that can be reviewed by officials going to instant replay. Now, my problem with this rule, I, I think it's great. Okay. Now, now the, the refs can do it or the coaches can throw the Co flag? Coaches can throw the flag. It's a coach's okay. challenge. Okay. It's still a coach's challenge. One, I hate the challenge to begin with. My job is to coach a football team. It is my, it's not my job to officiate the game. Right. So you're now making me be an official. You're splitting my time when I'm on the sideline of a live football game to not only manage my football team, I got to do the ref's job too yep. and challenge a call. I have to supervise your job while I'm trying to call plays. While I'm trying to do my job. I don't like that. I've never liked that. I think that's weak. The NFL needs to get rid of that. They need to have a full-time replay official in the booth of every stadium, and his job is to call down to the refs and say, yeah, you probably want to look at that again. That is his job. That should be his job, yep. not the coach's. All right. Scratching that, yes, it's the coach's challenge. Didn't, I want to challenge. Didn't they have that type of a thing with the Women's World Cup? I think so. Where the coaches couldn't necessarily ask for a review. It had, to come, it had to come. Had to either either the ref on the field or it had to come from somebody else up yep. in the booth, saying, "Let's take another look at it." Was that this, was that this year's World I Cup? I think it was yeah. this year's World Cup, the Women's World I, Cup. I know that they they're doing it. There and, are and, and the, it, was, it was hit and miss. So, right. The majority of the conferences at the collegiate level have that in place, where there is a ref up in the booth, and he says, "Hey," he he calls down to the head ref, and he says, "You probably want to look at that." Because either you missed something or that's just a little too close. You probably need a second eye on that. That's great. And they look at it quickly and they're like, they decide, yep, we need to change it. Or nope, that was a good call. And they move on. And it doesn't right. take a whole lot of time and it doesn't bother anybody. But ultimately what we want, I think what we as fans and everybody who's watching the game, what we want ultimately is we want you to get the correct call. Yes. Right. At the end of the day, that Saints-Rams game is still in litigation because, you know what, you cheated me out of what possibly could have happened in that game because you didn't make the correct call, and everybody in the world knew what the correct call. There were aliens from outer space looking at that saying, I cannot believe he threw the flag. He did not throw the flag. That is crazy. But here's where my problem is. So you're taking a penalty that is subjective, right? Yes. It's, the, it's one official's interpretation of what a pass interference is. Now you're taking that subjectivity out of the way. So you now have to tell me what clearly is pass interference. There has got to be black and white now. There can't be no ambiguities or no anything because in the Hall of Fame game, there was a call that was not made, and it looked like pass interference. Basically, the Bronco took the Atlanta Falcon wide receiver jersey and yanked it. Now, in the past, you would get away. That, that was like, that is great. That is a great defensive play because nobody saw it. It was just a little kind of tear. 
obviously a slow motion replay. You can see the jersey come all the way down, expose his neck, and oh yeah, that he held him. But you can't get away with those subtleties anymore. So my problem with this is to the NFL, how are you defining pass interference that is so black and white that there is only one way to call it? You, you can't really do that. And for the head of officiating to come out on a big dog Rich Eisen's podcast, okay, and tell him basically what we want all the coaches to know, and li literally they're really trying to get into the coach's head now, is if they challenge a pass interference call, just like every other challengeable call, the entire play is reviewable. So let's say we don't call defensive pass interference, right? And we, they challenge the call, and so we go. We're not just going to look at the contact downfield. We're looking at the whole play. And if we see an offensive holding call, we're going to call that offensive holding call. And so now, even if there is defensive pass interference, it's probably going to be offsetting penalty. Or even worse, the quarterback, right, is scrambling, and he steps out of bounds before he completely lets go of the football. We're not even going to get the line of scrimmage or to the pass interference call yep. because that's going to negate the pass interference call because he's out. Right? So they're like, Never have I heard the officials come out and basically warn teams that if you challenge this play, we're going to look at it all. Like, you do that for every play. Yeah, it's the, the rule book is instant replay is you go back and you review the entire play, not just the specific thing that's in question. But they're trying to get into the, I believe, they're trying to get into the heads of the coaches saying, look, we're going to look at everything. So you better be dang sure you really want us to look at that pass interference because there could be something else in the play that could go against you, right? So, that, so once again, not only are you making the play black and white, it's right or it's wrong, you're kind of muddling up more by saying, well, we can look at other stuff that's going to affect the outcome of the play. And that is my problem. The problem is that there's a knee-jerk reaction to fans suing the league because they didn't get a call that was clearly obvious to everybody except the one ref who didn't make the call. And they're muddying up even more by adding this instant replay where, yeah, we're going to review the entirety of the play, even though you were doing that before already. Why is the NFL subjecting us to this kind of madness? Well, it, it's just going to be... It's going to solve a problem of the Saints fans complaining and, and other fans that agree that the Saints were wrong there. Until, they were robbed. Un, I until, agree. They were robbed. Until we start seeing the things just go kind of off the rails with this review, if they go off the rails with this review. I don't know. Maybe we go the entire season and there are five reviews of, of past interference. I don't know. And maybe it's a non-issue. But if it just goes completely off the rails, like the, the – strengthening of the um what they do last year that we were all riled up about that we forgot to we we stopped the targeting the helmet uh yeah. helmet helmet yeah so you know as, as they start the to as they start to adjust that so is it the preseason i mean I, I understand the preseason it's the preseason for everybody and the refs are trying to learn everything going on but i think that over the last several years the nfl is using the preseason as like a 
like a, let's learn what really is what we want to call. Yeah. And I don't know. I think they need to be – for me, and maybe I could be wrong. Look at – see, the growth. Steve, growth, yes. There's growth. I am you, you admitting admit there is a that possibility. Possibility that you, I you might be wrong. You didn't say – I'm sure I'm wrong. No, you said there's, there's, a, a, possibility there's a possibility that I might be wrong, but I've always liked it when it is clear cut. You tell me what not to do, and I won't do it. I might try to find a way to kind of bend that rule a little bit, but at least I know this is what I'm trying to bend. This is what I'm trying to break so that I know not to egregiously call the foul. I mean – the Rams player, I even forgot the name of the defender. He came out in the game saying, heck yeah, I pushed him. Yep. I pushed him. But and I didn't, they didn't call it, so it's not a penalty. And I get that that we've got, you know, it, it, it used to be, what, two cameras or something. Right, right. You know, when we're going back 30 years for the Monday Night Football, we'd had two cameras on the field or, you know, one, one up in the booth and one or two, two on the sideline, side yeah, right? side cameras, yeah. Now we've got – you know, 15 different cameras from 23 different angles. I know my math I is wrong there. The, but I, I, no, I, but, but I so think we, we the have Super more, Bowl we, we can see more. Had 45 cameras. Right. But, that, but that's not common on every. No, but most most football broadcasts now, especially primetime games, have closer to 20. Sure. They're in the 15 to 20. That's a sure. lot of freaking that, cameras. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's a lot of cameras. And, and it's high def, and we can slow it down, and it's it, right. you know you can see the details of hands grabbing jerseys, whereas the the standard definition that we had 25, 30 years ago, well they you weren't really able to pick up some of those right. things from a, a, a distance. Now you can zoom in on something. It, it it's gotten out of, a, it's really cool as a as a fan on TV to be able to see that. Right. But I think half of the fun of this is the Saints now forever have this this thing to get charged up about. Yeah. Whenever they make the playoffs, whenever they play the Rams, they're going to have this thing where they're going to get charged up about. It's going to give them some excitement. If you start making it such a technical game where everything is called exactly right and there's never a mistake, does it take some of the excitement and some of the fun and some of the the, Ooh, the passion out of it? Question. That's a good question. But I'm like, look. One thing I'm going to give the rest of the, I'm going to kind of now give a little praise and a little rave to the NFL. One thing that the NFL has always done and they're not afraid to do is that they're going to tweak the rules and try to make the game better. You know, there are some sports, baseball, who fight so hard because they want to keep their game you know how it's always it's been. It's a classic game. It's it's America's game. It's been around for 128 years or whatever. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know if it's America's game anymore. I, I don't know. A at one point, it was certainly was. I I'm not sure it is anymore. Um, but they just they they are so hesitant and so resistant to change their rules. Um, just for example, you know, putting netting up. Uh, you saw the the little girl recently yep. that well many I mean it wasn't it w yeah the little girl but there were three or four other others, instances right? um, you go to the ballpark you want to have fun you don't want to have to fear that a hundred and fifty mile per hour ball is gonna smack you in the head yeah ten years ago when we were living in St Louis we got some tickets from a friend right down the third base line second row about halfway from third base to the to the wall yeah prime foul ball territory. Like line drive, yeah. foul ball territory. 
it was me, my wife, and and two of our kids. And uh, I mean, I I had to watch every single swing. Yeah, you for have that to. exact reason. You have to. But how about we just come up with some cool technological thing where you protect the fans, and then you can move on. This wonderful technology called a fish net. Yeah. <laughs> Which they event they eventually after I don't know how many years put it behind home plate. Why yep. can't you just cover the rest of the field and without the out except with except the out? It it obstructs the view. Does it? Really? I've sat behind home plate. It didn't obstru- obstruct the view that much. Yeah, it if you're not used to it, it does. Once you get used to it, you forget it's there. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, so, we somehow the we league, switched but, sports. Back but to the NFL. To give, yeah, back to the NFL. Back to give them some props. They look. They saw, man, that was wrong. And the fact that we have the technology to fix that and we didn't, that was wrong. Can, can we do something to How try are we to fix, fix it? it? I just, I'm not sure they're implementing. They eventually get it right. That's the thing about the NFL. They will eventually get yep. this right. I just think right now, knee-jerk reaction right off the bat, it's not right. But I give them props for. Well, like, like the like the targeting it. with the quarterbacks last right. year, they they eventually kind of dialed in where Reeled they it. wanted it to sit. Reeled it back. All right, that's all the ranting I'm gonna do for today. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit we got, this. We got more. We yeah. got we got we got like 16 games coming up this week that we're gonna see how it plays yeah, out. Yeah, it'll be fun. Gonna be very interesting. All right, I'd like to talk now about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Congratulations goes out to Champ Bailey. Speaking of Champ Bailey, before I congratulate him for becoming a member of the Hall of Fame, I still, Champ, if you're listening, I still got a bone to pick with you, man. We were in London. We were at the Oval. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful cricket ground. You guys are getting ready to practice. And I asked you a question, and then you give me the stare. And for those people who don't remember this, I'm going to put the picture up of Champ Bailey staring me down at this historic oval cricket ground, and I just asked him a simple question, and he decided he was going to stare me down like I was some street punk or something. Champ, you owe me an apology, man. You owe me an apology. But congratulations on going into the Hall of Fame. Denver quarterback, Champ Bailey. Uh, also Denver owner, Pat Bolin, uh, who's going in as a contributor. Uh, Gil Brandt, old godfather. Uh, used to be a player personnel uh, player scout for the Dallas Cowboys really Gill was the guy who brought technology and the NFL together uh, his scouting reports that he would put in you know, those big old you know beige computers that were like you guys can't see me but I'm putting like my hands out like you know huge five foot five foot five wingspan, foot yeah. wingspan yeah. by uh, huge computers and he introduced it he would have like literally these green remember the green bar uh, oh, with yes. the dot matrix printers and stuff, he would have these these charts and sheets of players and their stats and stacks really of paper with <laughs> that, those little <laughs> exactly holes on the huge, right and left side. Yeah, huge, huge amounts of data that he would have on all the players and and uh, Gil Brandt. If you ever meet Gil Brandt, just tell him to tell you one story. Say, Gil, <laughs> what's your favorite story about X Y Z? Whatever you want X Y Z to be. And he will have guaranteed a story to tell you about whatever X, Y, Z you told him. He is just awesome, man. Uh, then the players, tight end Tony Gonzalez, cornerback Ty Law, center Kevin Mawai, 
safety Ed Reed, and old man safety Johnny Robinson of the Dallas Texans a long time ago. Uh, and, the, and the Kansas City uh, Texans uh, then turned into Chiefs. Uh, old safety was got drafted in 1960 into the NFL as a running back. Then, two years later, turned into a safety on the defensive side of the ball. He led the league in interceptions twice with 10. Can you imagine back in the 60s having 10 interceptions in a season? They didn't even throw the ball that much. <laughs> and he had 10 interceptions in a season. Congratulations, John. Well, they Robinson. didn't know what they were doing throwing the <laughs> ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why he intercepted a lot. Um, uh, so those were all of the inductees into the Hall of Fame this year. Now – I'm still trying to verify this. I am hearing that since next year is going to be the 100th induction into the Hall of Fame, that they're bringing in 20? Yes, they are. 20 players. Five, five modern era players, 10 seniors, Yep. three contributors, and two coaches. Whoo-wee, man. That's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of players. So it was, what, a two-and-a-half-hour ceremony, ceremony with five, six people? Four, six, eight people. Eight people. One Two was and a half. A, one was a commemorative. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now uh, they're doing twenty. Twenty. Is that going to be? Are they going to do five hours of TV? One day. Six hours of TV. Are they going to do? Are, are they going to do like the Democratic? Uh, uh, what are these? The the. Debates and split it into two nights. Split it into two nights, or are they going to? only have some of them give like a little five minutes video speech right right or are they going to let everybody get up C- on congratulations you've been inducted yeah. in the the hundredth anniversary but you only get two minutes <laughs> of, of pre- pre-taped video you can't even go up on to the podium and say anything <laughs> pre-taped video no they please hall of fame don't do something as crass as that 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 would not be good that would not be good these men if you're putting them in deserve uh their time all right, time to get a little bit. Oh, and finally, the, the Hall of Fame game, first preseason game. You know what? It was last Thursday. I knew the game was on. I rushed home um, because I wanted to watch the, you know, the kickoff live. And, and then I don't know if it's just, you know, the, the Falcons really didn't play anybody, uh, really. Yeah. You know, like. It's Matt, just, it's, it's too early even for a preseason <laughs> game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the crazy thing is the Broncos like the, the all-star game, the, 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 the all-star thing in Hawaii or wherever they're doing it now. Right. That's more enjoyable than, than, than this with one. this game, yeah. But we did kind of get to see the, the Broncos rookie quarterback who showed some promises. But is it really – I mean, you got John Alway there who's managing things, right? He's a great quarterback. We all know he was a great quarterback. Won a couple Super Bowls. Since the little kind of deal to get Peyton Manning in there, he's really failed at the quarterback position. He has really not been able to find somebody to stick there at the quarterback position. I was looking at this kid, and he looks like he's a project. Like, maybe two, three years from now will be a great quarterback. But you're really going to ride your season this year on Joe Flacco? You can do that, Steve. Flacco will be great. In Denver. Oh, he'll be great. Why will he be great? He's not going to be great. 
I'm sorry. That was oh, dripping so, sarcasm. Was just, okay, can, let's try it. Hold on a second. Yes. We're going to rewind. Re- I'm gonna, re- 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 how are they going to do with Joe Flacco? Oh, he's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know you're being sarcastic, that's a whole lot better right there. How, right? how is he suddenly going to become <laughs> this great quarterback that's going to that's gonna I, I hold know. up the Broncos? I, I don't know. So that's but, – but, I mean, I just – you would think, anyways, at least, that John Elway – for as great a quarterback as is, he would be able to evaluate the talent and draft somebody who can re- who can be his replacement because there hasn't been a replacement since Peyton Manning left. So, I, I I guess we're making the assumption that a quarterback understands quarterback talent, especially in the in the modern game. I would I would think so. Well, so when when Elway was was coming, so how how is he going to judge that? Is he going to judge based on how well they throw the ball, how well they three step drop and pass? Um, I think quarterbacks that played at an elite level can meet another quarterback and see them throw the football. Like their membership s- rings start glowing or something. Well, no, I mean, but I think that they look at the mechanics, they look at the character, they 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 can get a sense. Of somebody is like this guy has with it. You know what they call it in Texas? Moxie. Well, so, this so kid's that, got the moxie. That's the challenge is you can be a technically perfect quarterback. Does that make you a good NFL quarterback? If you got the moxie, that's what I'm saying. I think these – I and, think and – that, And that's the difference, though. Is I, uh, Was Brett Favre technically good? He had some flaws, but he had a cannon. Well, right, but that's that, what I'm saying is that, is that there there was a certain amount of just God-given gifts. But there, but but what but Brett Favre had was the moxie. Right, he had moxie coming he out of his moxie ears. Galore, so he had moxie right? He, he, he and, 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 and he had so much moxie he could overcome some some of those deficient now, mechanically. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that he was bad mechanically because you can't get to that level and be bad. Right, but compare him to to a Elway or a, a Marino, Marino or some of these. Technically, I, I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is there's something about the character of an elite quarterback. But has the NFL just, changed enough since Elway was was like the, the NFL is all about the quarterback, baby. That's what I it know, is but, now. But the every rule that has been made or changed or adapted or anything but that's what I'm has saying been is to it, help the quarterback. It used to, it, in Elway's day, wasn't it? It, it, it was a, it a was quarterback a, could get killed. Well, they could, could kill they a quarterback. Could get killed, but. But that was the thing: is a three-step drop, get rid of the ball as quickly as you can on some predefined routes and everything else. Three and five, now, three now five, it's seven. wildcat. It's it's you're, you're. I mean, you're you're scrambling. You're you're trying to make something happen. You're you're looking for crossing routes. You're waiting for things to develop. All sorts of different things have to be happening. And and I think the game, what what you're asking a quarterback to do in today's game, is different than what you were asking in Elway's day. True, true that. I hear what you're saying. My problem, look at all of stupidnfl.com and every single one of their pages started talking. Why are they doing this to me right now in the middle of the show? Okay, they're quiet now. That's right. So I think what I, th- I hear what you're saying, but I think a quarterback can, see, can find that, that characteristic, that moxie that I'm talking about, and say, not only, and plus, by the way, there's like a gazillion hours of film on these kids. Sure. It's not yeah. like you could – oh, I've never seen it. No, there's like a ton of information on these kids. Based on what you see on your eye test, it's got, they got to pass the eye test first, right? Right. Then you got to hear about them. 
What are you hearing? Uh, one of my favorite uh, parts of Draft Day, the movie where Kevin Costner was GM of the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. Was where the another player tells him, go look at the tape at this particular game. And he finds out how he did in that game. They won the game, but after this particular player had sacked him, his whole demeanor changed on the football field. Right. Yep, I remember. That's, that's stuff that you, you get from player personnel people, scouting reports, and other, and other players that just talk about other players. Check this out. Sure. Check and, this and, out. But I, I guess the thing is, I, I don't disagree that, that an Elway can, can see those types of things in a player. Right, but how many how many quarterbacks coming out of Division One college football have those characteristics? I, I get it, and and I understand and, and that for every day, for every day, Patrick the, Mahomes, there's about ten Ryan Leafs. I get yeah, that, yeah. right? I understand that, but how do you? How is it that there were probably five or six teams in the draft? That all wanted Patrick Mahomes, and they were all positioning to try and get him. It was just the Chiefs kind of outsmarted everybody and, and took him when they took him. But that's a lot of people who knew he had something. Maybe wasn't polished, maybe wasn't ready to be a starter that one day, but he had that moxie that he's going to find a way to get the job done. And that's what I'm saying is that I just think Elway has had that opportunity from some time now and he really hasn't been able to put his finger on a player that's going to get the job done. He's gotten some interesting names, and he's, he's tried to build a team around some guys, but all of them have failed on some level or another. And I just think it's – I think if I'm the owner of the Denver Broncos, I'm like saying, John, you got to get me a QB that we can rely on, and it's got to happen sooner rather than later. Because you've had your fair share of misses at the QB position. That's just what I think. Look, so uh, I, I guess I, I would look at somebody like a Jay Cutler. All right, so Cutler is, is and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but my impression of him is that he's a very intelligent football mind. Yes. He's a good teammate. He, he's a good guy in the locker room. Right. He practices extremely well. He has a cannon for an arm. How many of those checkboxes? You're you're knocking him off. I'm right. He he's he's got all these great qualities, yet somehow when you put him in a game situation, he wasn't a leader. That's the only. Thing. So for me, I think that's the first thing I want. That's the first. That's the first checkbox I would check for any quarterback. Is he a leader? And you're only going to find out is, is going back and finding his history, talking to his ex teammates, talking to his ex coach. Did he lead the guys? Or did the guys kind of tend to leave him alone and not follow his lead? Because at the end of the day, when it's fourth quarter and you're down by four and you need a touchdown, you want a leader who everybody in that huddle is going to get around and say, okay, I believe in whatever it is you're telling me to do right now. And if I do what you tell me to do, we're going to win this football game. And I think that's the first thing I want. And – if I look back at all of the quarterbacks that John Elway has brought in, with the exception of Tim Tebow, I cannot believe I'm saying this, with the exception of Tim Tebow, if you look at just all the other guys, I don't know if they were leaders. Right. And Tim Tebow was a leader. He just couldn't get that to translate from college into the NFL. Right, yep. That's what his problem was. 
Everybody at the at the he, college he's level. He's another prime example of the, the eye test, the sniff test. Right. Every, everything looks great on him. He's he's checking off every single box you've got, but then when you put him on the field, it just falls flat. It just wasn't it just wasn't there. So I, I just think that Elway need, he I think his time's running out, I guess is what I'm sure trying to say is his time's running out. You gotta find somebody at the quarterback position that's gotta be a home run. He's gotta be the future of the Denver Broncos for the next ten years. What was the old story? I think it was Jerry Rice would tell that, you know, one of the forty nine er games with Montana that they're, you know, Two minutes left, 30 yards out from the end zone or something. They get to the huddle, and, and everybody's stressed, and they're worried what they're going to do, and Montana says, hey, is that uh, John Candy he, in the stands? He pointed out Candy in the stands. Yes. And it just kind of calmed everybody in the, in the huddle like, down. They're like, all, all right, right, cool, let's go play some football. Our quarterback's freaking talking about freaking yes. Candy, John Candy in the stands. That works. That works. Someone who's cool, calm, and collected. Time to talk about NFL holdouts, and right now it's all about the running backs. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. I just want to say you got two very good running backs. I'm not even going to use the word elite for them. The problem is it's the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay? The value that teams put on the running back position just isn't as high as it once was. So... When Melvin Gordon says, I want $10 million a year, he could say that. But first of all, he plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, they're not paying it. I'm impressed when I said that. Los Angeles Chargers. One on the correct side. We'll we'll, we'll do a tally over the season. (laughs) I guarantee you. I'm going to. Oh, my God. Do I have this I guarantee? Because I have to play it if I got it. Here we go, Steve. I think. Nope, 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 nope. It's a miracle. That's not it. Here I go. This, I guarantee. Right now, week, episode one, not even into the NFL season yet, I am going to guarantee that I will not, this entire season, say San Diego in front of Chargers. I won't do it. Okay. All right? That's not going to happen this entire season. And this, I guarantee. I guarantee it. All right, I'll take your word for right. it, and we'll test that out. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chargers aren't the team to give anybody $10 million no. unless your name's Phillip Rivers, okay? They take care of the quarterback. That's about it. Other than that, that family has never been a family to give in to demands, pay me X amount of dollars, or I'm going to leave. Guess what? They're going to let you leave. The problem is you can't really just leave. You can't do that. Um, they own your rights. He's going to, if if he is this misses his last time. Year? Or does yeah. he have another year? Two I, years. I think he's got one year left on his contract. Okay. But he's got he's to gotta be there at least for eight games for this year to count. He's already missed the kind of like the first deadline of a part of like reporting. So now he has to become available after week eight. For the seat for him to get his contract year uh, counted. Um, do you want to do that? Do you want to miss half the season and only play for eight games? Guess what? You better come in day one chiseled and ripped and ready to go because you're going to have to have one keck of a successful eight games for anybody to give you the kind of money that you want. 
Yeah, and he's not getting traded. They're they're not yeah. going to trade him because nobody's going to trade. No one's going to. Yeah, the, the, somebody might pick him up at his current contract, but they're not going to then pay him the money this year that he wants. So so he's not getting his money this year, one way or another. Now, if anything happens, now, if I'm not mistaken. When, when he first said he was holding out, his agent came out and said, no, we're holding firm. We want this money. We're yep. gonna... And then, like, that afternoon, didn't Gordon come out and say, well, you know, I want to be there for the team. And he, he, kinda, did. he walked back <laughs> his agent's hard rhetoric a little bit. Yeah, he did say that he wants to stay in Los Angeles. Okay, He, he did come back and say, after his, his agent had said, yeah, if we don't get where we're going, we're going to ask for a trade. Um, of course, the tra- Chargers are like, yeah, well, you can't. We're not going to honor your your trade request. And then Melvin Gorman says, well, I, I ultimately I want to stay in Los Angeles, and I'm sure he does. I'm sure he wants to stay in L.A., but the the Chargers just they don't pay that kind of money to people. They just don't. I don't want to call them cheap, but they're cheap. Yes, they're yes, cheap. They are. Um, as far as uh, well, they don't get any ticket to, revenue. Yeah, well. Um, but that, but once again, that's the business side of the team being cheap. Stan Kroenke made him a deal. Let's go half and halves, and we split everything half and half. Uh, how how can you not do that? I, I'm know. just gonna step back for a second. And if I were a billionaire, and another billionaire came to me and said, "Let's go half and half on this humongous, beautiful stadium entertainment complex venue." And we'll split everything half and half. H- how can you not? I'm going to venture a guess that, that that the let's split everything half and half. Once you get into the fine print of uh, the contract that would be signed, maybe right. isn't truly half and half. How can it not be half and half? If if, if I'm so getting, we're, we're going to we're going to split, split five, if we're going to spend five billion dollars on a, on an on an entertainment complex, yep. and I'm going to give you two point five billion. And you're going to put in two four point five billion. You can't tell me we don't have smart enough lawyers to write up a contract that says, since we're both coming to the table with the exact same amount of money, the revenue is going to be split fifty fifty. And when something needs to change, an upgrade to the faci- uh, upgrade to the facility, scheduling, how many non-football events do you hold there a year, and and you and I as the two sides of that negotiating party disagree on. On what should be happening at the what stadium. You gonna, what you going to disagree on? Anytime it's not football season, we have anybody and everybody come into Wh- this Whatever venue. it is. So right. if if Kroenke says we need to put a new Jumbotron in. Okay. Whatever. I, uh, whatever they're not doing a Jumbotron, but you get my point. We need a new TV. We need new Wi-Fi. Whatever it, whatever it is. And, and the other party says, no, I'm not willing to pay my half for that. Right. Well, one party or the other has to have kind of a – I mean, there has to be some resolution to that, right? There has to be right. something in there. Right. So what, now Kroenke is paying for all of the Wi-Fi to go in or all of the Jumbotron or whatever it happens to be. Now it's no longer 50-50. Right, so, uh, what so I'm the, saying the, is the, the fine, print, the fine print of yeah. this contract is going to have some provisions in there that are going to kind of say – who has the upper hand when there's a just a, a, a disagreement about what should be done? Right. Right, 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 right. Which then doesn't make it 50-50. So now I'm investing, if I'm on the short end of that stick, I'm investing half the money, I'm going to get half the revenues, but I don't have a say, an equal say in what's going to happen to my investment. Yeah, I'm, and possibly that's why th- that's why the Spanish family So I'll, I'll, I'll lease it from you for a year or two. 
which has, you know, I'm not investing as much, I'm not getting as much out of it or next to nothing out of it, whatever that happens to be, but they look at it. I mean, you don't become a billionaire because you're an idiot. Right. Right. I'm actually, I, I actually wonder how Kroenke felt when the Chargers released their price points for their tickets. I, I, I got to think that he was probably not very happy. No. But I have to assume that it was the Chargers who are getting that revenue. Right. So if they're setting a lower price point. Is that on the Chargers, though? And not coming out of... Because are they... I guess my question is, are the Chargers paying, like, here's the flat fee that we're paying to lease the stadium for these amount of games, and and the Chargers keep all of the revenue that comes out of those games? I don't know. Or, or are the Rams dependent on whatever revenue comes out of those games to get their end is my question. I, I doubt that Kroenke went into this to building the stadium and financing the stadium and everything he did with a dependency on the Chargers income. Income. That, it, that, that has to be icing on the top. It has to, I mean, it, it's going to add some complexity to it, but I have a hard time believing that he invested in that whole thing he, he's setting it up as the NFL West, uh, you know, home offices, all sorts of things. He wants to make it. He wants to make it the center for the NFL yeah. on the West Coast. Speaking of which, the the Raiders have called me. Yes. Uh, apparently, I can come to Las Vegas and pick my seats for the new stadium if I want. Oh, how nice of them! And I was like, "That's great. That's a good idea. I, I'd like to do that." Uh, and then I heard what their price point was starting for their PSL, like the, the cheapest, like the cheapest, cheapest PSL that's available. What is that? Is $8,000 oh, per nice. seat. Oh, nice. Nice. $8,000 per seat, for, like cheap. Like if you want to get to where like it's a decent seat to view the football game, 15000 Steve, are they crazy? All I want to do is own some season tickets for the Raiders so that I could turn around and sell them Raiders fans because Raiders fans, they play all kinds of crazy money for tickets, right? That's all I wanted to do. I'm not interested in paying you $30,000 up front for two seats, and that gets me nothing other than I get to purchase those two seats for any event for the next 30 years. I still think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It is. But I'm, I digress. I'm trying, I'm trying to see what they are for other teams. For other teams? Well, I can tell you what the Cowboys were. They were they were pretty ching for their new stadium, but what the Rams? The, the Rams released their pride points for the PSL, right? Are you looking? Yeah, but well, I'm I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find a list of what the PSLs are for everyone. Oh, I see. Uh, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as pricey as what the Cowboys set their price point for the PSLs. They they totally they priced me out. That's for dang sure. Well, and that's the problem is that. I mean, they're, they're clearly not going to set those. I mean, it's a supply and demand thing. So right. if they're getting enough people to buy the season tickets, that they're happy with the season oh, tickets. Oh, they're, they're, they're getting them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to get them. I, I'm not saying that the Cowboys didn't get them. They, they, they got that money. Um, it's just too bad that normal Stephen Miranda fan can't afford to get season tickets. For the well, you, you can. You just have to scalp it off to of somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of there. I think, but bottom line with the holdouts, I think Zeke plays again. I'm not even going to go out on a limb. I won't guarantee it, but I'll go out on a limb and say 
he plays week one. Melvin Gordon, I'm not sure when he's back for the for the Los Angeles Chargers. I I, I agree. I don't know when he's going to be back, but he will. You think he'll be? Back? So I, I don't think he's. If he's I don't back, he's, he's back for week nine, so he can get his eight games. No, I I think he comes back sooner. I I, that? I think we're talking week two, week three. Okay. Right. He 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 sits out the preseason. He sits out camps. He he makes his point. He misses a game, maybe, um, hoping that maybe that one game they don't do well, and and he it might be enough to get them to throw some money at him, or right. You know, some sort of a renegotiated extension or something like that. And when that doesn't happen, he realizes he's got to be a team player, comes back, and, and plays 15 games. All right. Um, one quick injury of note that I wanted to throw out there, besides Andrew Luck, who has not been participating in training camp for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, A.J. Green messed up his ankle. Um, he just had surgery on that today. And there's a good chance they were originally saying four to six weeks, which – I was thinking when I heard it, I was like, four to six weeks? Are you kidding me for an ankle injury? That's not going to happen. Now he's had surgery. Now they're saying eight to ten weeks. Good chance that he misses the first two games, maybe more. How bad is that going to affect the Cincinnati Bengals? It's going to hurt him quite a bit. Yeah. I, I don't – they don't have the depth there. They, they don't have somebody to replace him. No, they don't have another – uh, a top-notch wide receiver, I don't think, that's going to make the Cincinnati Bengals a threat early on, I don't think. But who are their first couple of games? We're not into that. We're not into that yet. All right. So my, my opinion might change depending on who they're playing. Oh, well, well I, could, I could tell you that real quickly. Let's see. And while you're looking that up, we're not even going to talk about Antonio Brown's foot? Because it's not it's, – it's like a tickle. Well, you heard today's rumors, right? What were the rumors today? That it was a uh, frostbite. What? I think Antonio Brown hates training camp, just like everybody else does, and he wants to not have to do training camp, and he's saying, look, I'm day-to-day, okay? okay I'm, I'm looking at today's today's uh, CBS, uh, NBC, uh, I'm sorry, not NBC, CBS NFL webpage. Antonio Brown's feet are reportedly not blistered, but frostbitten from a cryotherapy machine. Huh. So it'll be interesting so to see if So he does the, the chirogenic, chirogenics thing and it, it frosts. Didn't, didn't wear the right footwear or something and, and has tough. frostbitten feet. So. so the Bengals start on the road at Seattle, then come home to face the San Francisco 49ers, and then go on the road again for the Buffalo Bills. That's the first three games. And yeah, if you go to the fourth game, it's Monday Night Football at Pittsburgh. Yeah, that they're going to miss At him. Seattle, at home against the 49ers, at Buffalo, at Pittsburgh. That's their first four games. Three of their first four games are on the road, and they're all really tough teams. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah, going to. They're, they're going to have some problems. <laughs> Man, 0-4 they could be facing before they even get out of the gate. All right, real quickly, some suspensions, uh, n- names that I want to throw out there. Kareem Hunt after he was let go by the Kansas City Chiefs, was picked up by the Cleveland Browns, and he got hit hard. Eight-game suspension there. And we were all shocked last season when he got picked up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we, like, we understood why he was picked up, but yeah. it's the question we were posing right out of the gates is who's going to pick him up to put him on the roster to not have him play? Not have him play for the first eight games. 
obviously the the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I just heard about this one. Patrick Peterson of the Arizona Cardinals suspended for six games. Uh, I for what? Peds. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I was I was shocked. Uh, this one did not shock me at all. No. Uh, <laughs> Richie Incognito uh, getting suspended two games for <laughs> conduct detrimental to the league. I'm like, uh, how is that guy even still in the league? Because um, uh, he's on the Raiders. He's with the Raiders. There there you go. Um, uh, Golden Tate, the wide receiver with now with the New York Giants, facing four-game suspension. And then uh, previously with the New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys, Maurice Claiborne, the cornerback, suspended four games. He's still an unrestricted free agent. He hasn't signed with anybody. And I, I don't think anybody's going to come calling now that he's gotten this four-game suspension. At least not for the first four weeks. Um, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, Steve. Uh, Hard Knocks starts tonight. After we finish recording this podcast, guess what I want to go do? We're going to go watch it. Watch Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders. I'm so excited because I just think that the every enter- week. The entertainment value alone is worth this. You <laughs> don't even need to be a football fan <laughs> to watch this one. Just watch it because Chucky, also known as Gruden, is going to have some doozies. I just know it. I'm not sure how I feel that the Oakland Raiders are on hard knocks, but they are, and so I'm going to have to watch it for all of the craziness. Um, all right. Fantasy football league signups are open now. You should have received your email already. We've posted it online a couple of times. Uh, next week, the end of next week, I want to shut everything down so we can get uh, schedules and registrations. And quite frankly, everybody has really come back in full force. There are just a handful of teams uh, at, er- at either level left. Please come out if you want to play fantasy football with us. If you don't know how, send me an email, Stephen at rarn.net, and I'll uh, let you know how you can sign up to play with us. Uh, you'll start seeing links soon for our Pick'em Pool. Pick'em Pool. Every week you pick all of the, the games and see how, you, how well you do. I think somebody beat us last year Steve. yes i well definitely beat me uh yeah i think we i think you were fifth though overall right i, I wasn't horrible but yeah i think i was third overall you were fifth over then there were two people above us um and finally our survival pool will kick that off as well i'll start sending some links out basically the survival pool is easy every week you pick a team to win if they win you move on to the next week if they lose you're out and you can only use one team once, survive till the end. Uh, I think last year our winner won in week 13. I uh, don't know that I made it past week five or six. Well, I should mention that week one, half the league was eliminated. Because <laughs> the Saints yes. lost to the Bucks, and the Steelers tied with Cleveland. And those two teams knocked out more than half the league. I do remember, <laughs> yes. All right, folks, thank you for coming back. We are excited for a 15th season. I'm Stephen Miranda. I'm Steve Fry. And you've been listening to NFL Rants and Raves. We're out.